You know, a story came out the other day about the census. And, of course, what everybody was interested in is, you know, Texas picked up two congressional seats and California lost one. But if you look at the numbers, there's an astounding figure in there. The U.S. population growth has slowed to the lowest rate since the Great Depression. That is that's got to have outstanding uh, impact and outstanding impact on the economy. The first person I thought about was Harry Ditt. You know him as the the author, the newsletter writer, um, but he uses demographics in a lot of his uh, on a lot of his research. So I ask him to join us today. Harry Dent joins us from Puerto Rico. It's good to have you with us. Yeah, nice to be here, David. So tell me about this. I mean, when you have a drop off like this in population. What you've always taught me is that it would kind of ripple through the economy decade after decade. Yeah, well, you know, this is happening throughout the developed world, with exceptions like Australia and New Zealand. And I spent a lot of time lecturing over there um, because because we're, we're aging. You know, we're not having as many kids and haven't for a long time. And, and the, the better figure, workforce growth is pretty much flat as far as I can see. I mean, decades out. Now, but in between that, what I measure was, is the most important, generational waves of spending. I take the birth index, adjust for immigrants, uh, which I can do very accurately, and I create a spending wave. It's a 46 to 47 year lag. It's 47 now. It used to be 46 for the boomers. It'll be 48, not too okay, far. Okay, let, let, me, let me stop you there. As I understand, we say the spending lag. So you day one, you're born. And then 47 years later, you are at what? You're going to be spending the most money in your life on average, okay. average person. So that's a very, that tells me when a whole generation is going to peak. The baby boom peaked in 2007. That's something I predicted all the way back in the early to mid 80s. I remember. In 2007, after 2007, our economy is going to slow. And guess what? This is why we've been living off endless money printing to try to counter this slowdown. And what, what the central banks and that Federal Reserve are doing is just creating the biggest stock and financial and real estate bubbles in history, trying to keep a debt economy going. Now, the, the good news is that the next generation, the millennials, will kick into their spending wave between 20, 2023 and 24, a few years from now, and then the trends will go back up. Well, are there as many of them as there are of us baby boomers? There are more in total numbers, but, but what, what, what they do, David, is, is they only take us back when they're peaking in 2036, 37. They're only taking us back to where the baby boom peak was in 2007. So net-net, so we're going to have a boom again, but from lower levels, and we're only going to come back to where we were. And so that gives us that kind of long-term, oh, guess, right. darn near yeah. zero growth. This is... And, and we're better than most of Europe, and we're way better than Japan. Only Australia, New Zealand, and, and places like Sweden um, beat us. So this is a this is across the developed world. Now, now you're you're talking in a, in a macro sense. I guess I'm looking down at this, and I I see specific industries that might be impacted. I, I, the uh, we had a college president on a couple of years ago. He said he was not looking forward to 2024 and 25. And I said, why? He said, well, because of the crash of 08 and 09, nobody had any babies. And that's our freshman class that's moving forward. Here, I would look at this on the short run. I said, well, I don't want to buy any companies that make diapers or at least not as many diapers as they used to. And then try to try to see where the dominoes fall, you know, going forward. Yeah, births, you know, for the uh, millennials and, and, and zillennials, you know, put them together, 
peaked in 2007 have been going down ever since. And they're going to go down. Uh, this downturn is going to cause, like you said, just like 2008 and 2009 intended, it's going to cause bursts to go down lower than people think. So, so you have to follow the industries. My favorite industry is the funny one. is nursing homes and assisted living centers. The baby boom is still the largest wave, the, the highest growth wave. Uh, and so whatever they're doing, so pharmaceuticals, vitamins and things like that, you know, and health type of stuff. Um, and but, but particularly nursing homes and assisted living centers, they are not going to be able to build enough and nobody's going to see this boom coming. Everybody thinks the baby boomers are already in these nursing homes. No, they're not. The people in those nursing homes are late 70s into the mid 80s and they're women, nine out of 10 women, the men in their Get, get really lucky if they still got anything right, going. Right, right. And so it, it's uh, that's that's going to be a huge growth industry. But but the real you know potential, the emerging world, India is going to be the next China. India is at the same level of urbanization China was when it started to boom. India is richer than China, so India is going to eventually be a larger and a richer economy than China, and everybody's gonna see China start to slow down, which they already have, and not realize that India's got even more people and are gonna be the next big boom along with Southeast Asia. So there's plenty of places in the world So booming. emerging markets are uh, a good emerging area to have, some, to have some money, have maybe a bigger allocation than beforehand. Oh, what yeah, a, yeah. what, what about, bigger. as you look at the pandemic and look at, changes i mean everybody talks about the fact that people have become comfortable working from home or that maybe the demand for commercial real estate isn't going to be what it was going to be or maybe business travel will never get back to the levels we had what do you see coming as as an outgrowth of, of the pandemic what changes well you know it, well, what it's done is it's an accelerator i always say this is why god throws lightning at us and stuff change forces us to change i mean we we just get comfortable as consumers and businesses and we'll just do the same old thing until we get slapped a little bit or, or have to wake up this pandemic is just accelerating people working from home you don't have to work from home full-time i've been doing it full-time since 1989 I haven't gone to an office in decades, and it saves me a ton of time. And half the time, I'm in my bathrobe, and I have to throw on this jacket to talk to people <laughs> like you, okay? It saves me probably an hour to two a day, not wow. having to commute and not having to get dolled up if I don't have to, okay? And so it, 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 and so it, you it, think that's here to stay. Everybody's finding out what you've already known. Right. But, but some people will just work, go in the office two days a week instead of five. And some people will work totally at home in the future. So this is a good thing. It's more efficient use of real estate. I mean, it's bad for commercial real estate. Right, what right. Technology it, seems like it's gotten a real boost, too, because so many people are now, you know, being forced to bank um, uh, electronically and order food electronically and uh, yeah, well, look how Amazon's doing it. They came out today with like killer growth in earnings because people are just buying more stuff from home. And, and I'm in Puerto Rico and I'm paying almost no taxes, income and stuff. And I just sold a house at no capital gains. The biggest tax I pay is sales tax. So guess what? When I buy something on Amazon, I save 11 and a half percent sales tax here. So, so you you don't want that to become the fifty first state, I assume. No, I don't. <laughs> you know, you mentioned Amazon. I the thing is, I found a copy of your book, The Roaring Twenties, which was written, I think, in nineteen ninety nine. The Roaring Two Thousands, yeah. I mean, the Roaring Two Thousands, 
And I found a line in here. And you say, um, the online bookstore Amazon is another very successful venture. And you go on to talk about you know, why it ought to be successful. But again, you refer to it as an online bookstore, which we forget is what it was. It was. And, you know, but, but the founder, Bezos, always thought he named the company Amazon. He wasn't like the Southwest Airlines founder who named it Southwest, not realizing it was going to be one of the biggest airlines in the world. He saw from the beginning. He called it out. He planned to start with books and then take over online retailing, which he has done. It, it, it is one of the biggest success stories of our time. Hey, let me let me ask you. I, I'll quickly ask. I, I haven't read it yet, but I saw you got a, a new book out, a relatively new book, Spending Waves. The scientific key to predicting the market behavior for the next twenty years, which I guess is exactly what we've just been talking about. Yeah, yeah, that book, that book really is is more for marketers and businesses because it basically just goes into depth. I mean, I, I use a spending wave for the whole economy, 46, 47 year lag, depending on the country or 48 in the future. But I, I have it down to nursing homes and, and, and potato chips, if you want. I mean, in other words, there's 600 categories that the government tracks with surveys, consumer surveys every year. It's the best market research ever. And most people aren't even aware it exists. I tripped on it when I was consulting to my new venture clients in the early 80s, and they were appealing to the new young baby boomers. And that's how I discovered, oh my gosh, this generation's huge. And then I discovered, oh, and the government starting in 1981 surveys everything we spend money on, and I can predict all types of stuff decades in the future. So Spending Waves looks at all the detailed consumer segments, you know, from autos down to potato chips. So, so that any business can say, well, what is my business? What sector am I in? Or what sector do I sell into if right. I have business customers? And then know when their sector is going to boom and bust in addition to when the economy booms. The ability to see the future. I, it's fabulous. Well, I look, I appreciate the discussion. I knew, I knew you were the person I wanted to talk to after I saw that. Harry S. Dent is uh, an author. He's a new venture investor. He's a noted speaker. And uh, and a good friend. It's good to have you with us, sir. Thank you. Hey, Dave, real quick, you know, harrydent.com. I have a free weekly newsletter. I have other newsletters, but I have yeah. a free weekly newsletter for people to get to know us because we do have a whole different view on stuff, and it's very simple and, and easy for everyday people to understand what I'm saying because I'm looking at them to predict the economy. I'm looking at the average person and what they predictably do over their lifetime. So I appreciate I, it. I advise people just get on that newsletter and take a look. Great. From Harvard Conversation with Mr. Dent, go to krld.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.